Beitza, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Aleph, 4.1. And the Mishnah here continues to talk about the halachas of Uvdin Dechol, doing things which appear to be weekday activities on Yom Tov. And that, of course, um, is disallowed because it's considered to be a zilzul, like sort of like a disgrace to Yom Tov. The Mishnah says, Hamevi kade yain memakum If a person were transferring jugs of wine from one place to another place, Lo yaviem besal vakupa. He shouldn't transport them in a basket or a box because that looks like he's doing some sort of large-scale activity or commercial activity, and generally a weekday activity. Avamevihu al katefo olafanov. What he could do is transport uh, the the jug of wine on his shoulder or in his hands in front of him, like holding it in front of him as he walks, and then everyone will just he'll appear to everybody as if he's just getting one that he needs for Yom Tov and not doing anything more than that. The Bartanura, um, really echoing Rashi, talks about three or four jugs inside the the box or barrel, whereas a single jug on a shoulder in front of him. Um, while that might be true, don't be misled. It's not an issue of quantity. Um, carry inside a you know wine inside a box if it just happened to be one jug of wine in the box would also be forbidden because we're concerned about how things look in the by the mode in which he is transporting these these uh, these containers of wine in the public eye. V'chein, and similarly, hamolich esa tevin, if a person's transporting straw, lo yafshil esa kupa lachorav, he shouldn't wear one of those kind of, you know, big container backpacks, if you will, where they can have the straw on his back and transport them the way he would do if you're working in the field or on the farm. Avomevia hu biado. What he can do is bring it in his hand. So he transports, holding a handful of straw at a time, from one place to another, and therefore people will not think he's doing sort of you know work, in the conventional sense, on Yom Tov. The bartender here says, why is he transporting this straw? And he says, lehesek olavehema. He's doing it for the sake of, um, as a fuel source for his fire, hasaka, or to for the animals to feed the animals. Now that's fine, um, but it's just an important clarification. The rules as they would apply to straw being moved for hasaka to burn versus for behemoth for food for the animals is uh, different. You'll recall that transporting things in the Rosh Hashanah starts out being one of the Lamentas Malachas of Hotza. Um, now, the Torah lets you do things that are Tzorach Ochel Nefesh, things that are for food prep, as you said you could do any Yom Tov. But this is not for food prep, right? So the reason why hotza transporting in Rosh Hashanah is permitted on Yom Tov is because of this Metoch principle. Beis Hillel said, since it's permitted to do this for food reasons, food preparation, so too it's still permitted for other mitzvah, quasi-mitzvah, you know, things you for your enjoyment on Yom Tov reasons. And the Mishnah given examples before about transporting your lulav or say for Torah or your child because you want to have them with you. Those things are okay, says Basil Nalacha, um, through the Matoch mechanism. So so too, if you're cold and you want to have a fire, and you want to therefore bring some straw to light up the fire, so that's gonna be for your benefit, and because of Matoch, you'll have to carry that straw through the public domain. Just don't do it in a way that looks like you're doing it in large quantity, because of Udnduchol. Do it in small, you know, by, by hand and in handfuls at a time. On the other hand, if what you're doing is bringing the straw to feed your animals, 
So then the Pasha says, L'halacha, the metoch principle wouldn't kick in here because metoch is about you're allowed to do this malacha, the would-be malach of, of hotzah, because it's for your personal benefit. If there's no personal benefit at all here, there's no mitzvah at all, it's just simply um, to to feed your animals, so then the pashas would be, it would not be allowed. You would not be allowed to transport the straw in the Rosh Hashanah. Um, there are those who disagree because, for whatever extraneous reasons, but the halacha would seem as I described. So I want to make that, that point clear. Okay, now, before we move on, it's been really fascinating. The Shulchan Aruch brings us the halacha, and it says, in addition to what we said up to now, it said, if you're in your private home, so then you would be allowed to transport the wine containers from, let's say, one side of the room to the other side of the room in a box. You know, you get it? You've, you need a place to set up a chair for guests, and there's some, you know, boxes of wine in the corner of the room, so you want to transport the boxes of wine. Notwithstanding what we read in our Mishnah, you are, yes, allowed to take a whole box at a time and take it from one corner of the room to another corner of the room. You don't have to take the individual jugs of wine one at a time. And the reason is because no one's looking, so no one will see. And therefore, there's no concern about people thinking that you're doing uvn uh, whole weekday activity. In fact, the Ramah Paskins not only may you transport the wine in the box, but you actually must because it's a separate prohibition against doing unnecessary exertion on Yom Tif, and to move the bottles of wine one at a time from one corner of the room to the other corner of the room would be a lot more work than taking, you know, a, a box of 12 at a time. So therefore, you have to do it in the box. So the question is, is why? What's the difference? Why are we saying, as the Mishnah says, in the public eye, you're not allowed to transport in a box, but in the private place, yes, you may, and maybe you must. So the answer is simple, that, that in the public eye, people will see you, and therefore, they'll think you're doing guvn Weekday activities, therefore we're not allowed to do it. Whereas in private, where no one sees you, you're yes allowed to transport the boxes. The question, however, is if we say that something's for Mars Ein, it looks bad, other people think you're doing the wrong thing, the general rule is whatever is forbidden because of Mars Ein, because it looks bad, we prohibit it even Bahadre Chadarim, even in a private room where no one can see. Still, it's forbidden to do. Once something is Oscar because of Mars line, you just can't do it. So if that's the case, why is it permitted to move the boxes if the whole issue is, is Mars line? People will look and you badly that you're doing a uvn dechol. So the answer is, this is important you sowed, that the principle of Mars line being forbidden, um, activities that are Mars line being forbidden, even Bechadri Chadarim in private, only applies where the act that it, it, ostensible act that it looks like you're doing is something that's Asr Midoraisa, it's forbidden from the Torah. Whereas if it's only an Isr Durabanan, which is the case for Uvn there's no Isr Durabanan of doing, you know, of transporting boxes around your house. It just looks like you're doing something fishy or weak activity. So then, if it's just an Isr Durabanan, it looks like you're doing, in Chadre Chadarm, it is yes permitted to do and not worry about what people would, would think if they actually saw you doing it. So that's what's happening over here. Now, the mission continues on um, with a, a new point here. This new point really is like, as if it were like a new Mishnah. We're transitioning away from Uvn Duchol and now going to Halachas of Mukta. And the reason why it's lumped together here is because we're still talking about straw. But the question is, what if you want to use straw as firewood? So the mission wants to know what happens if you have straw that's not generic, generic straw like we had before, but straw that had been um, set away for storage, for long-term storage, and you had no thoughts going into Yom Tov about using that straw. Now, 
If you'll recall, there is an ongoing machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon regarding Moktza. And the way the Gemara says it, that it says that um Rabbi Shimon Moktza, Rabbi Shimon doesn't, doesn't, have a, doesn't hold a Moktza. So that should not be misunderstood. There certainly is Moktza, such a thing as Moktza, according to Rabbi Shimon. It's just that his definition of Moktza is much more narrow than Rabbi Yehuda. We're accustomed to thinking of Moktza as Rabbi Yehuda did. Okay, but Rabbi Shimon is much more lenient. And just to oversimplify here for a second, the gist of the machlokas, it's a little more technical than that, but the gist of the machlokas is that if something was definitely, yes, set aside for use on Yom Tov, of course it's not Muktza. If something were definitely set aside for non-use on Muktza, you would never touch this for whatever reason. You, you, you were dochet, you pushed it aside, you designated non for use. So then for sure it's forbidden. The, there's a middle ground, however. Things you just didn't think about or definitively make a decision, would they or would they not be used on Yom Tov? So there, Rabbi Huda says, in many cases, it's Mukta then, as we, as we know. It wasn't Muchan going into Yom Tov. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, no, if you didn't make a definitive decision not to use it, you can sort of change your mind and, and yes, use it on Yom Tov, no problem. And that's what's happening here. If you have straw in your storage facility, so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And Rabbi Yehud would say, that's Mukta then. But Rabbi Shimon says, that's not Mukta. You didn't like say, I'm not using the straw. You just weren't thinking about it. So if you opt now on Yom to use the straw for fire kindling, yes, you may. And that's the first half of this case of our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah here is going like Rabbi Shimon. The town of this Mishnah is going like Rabbi Shimon, where it says, Umatchilin ba'aremas hatevin. You can, um, at the outset, figure, oh, I need some kindling. I'll go to my straw storage facility. And I'll get that straw and I'll use it now for, for kindling. That's going to be okay according to Rabbi Shimon, even though it had been out of sight, out of mind, going into Yom Tov. That's okay because Rabbi Shimon is lenient when it comes to Mukta. However, Rabbi Shimon says, there are certain things you can't use as firewood. And uh, the illustration here he gives is Eitzim Sheba Mukta. Now let me make sure these both these words are understood clearly or you'll misunderstand the mission altogether. The word Eitzim means wood in general. But the word eitzim in the context of this Mishnah means um, lumber for construction. That is to say, it's already been, let's think of like two by fours. It's already been, you know, like been planed down and is ready for use. Now, lumber certainly is more expensive than plain old, you know, wood being chopping on a tree if you've made it now for construction. Um, but more than that, in the time of the Mishnah, where there was everything was done by hand, it certainly was a very big job to make, you know, two by fours. And therefore, the two by fours are muktza machmas chesron kis. The category of muktza that even Rabbi Shimon agrees to, which is things that are so valuable that you would never use them for any purpose other than their highest and best use, because the cost of damaging them is, is doesn't make any economic sense. Like the classic example is like you know the, a surgeon's scalpel. It's a cutting edge. You can use it for cutting meat also, but since the surgeon's scalpel is a very expensive device, or the ismal, the, the the mohel scalpel, and so on, you just wouldn't you wouldn't use that knife for anything other than doing what it's meant to be used for. Because if it gets a nick, it's a big loss. So so too. Yes, this is wood, it's, it could be burned, but this is for construction, and therefore the loss would be great, and it's very valuable, so one would never use lumber for construction as firewood. And that being the case, Rabbi Shimon Artana says you can't use that for firewood now because it's muktza. Now the word here, sheba muktza, in the Mishnah, does not mean what it maybe sounds like it means. The word muktza, like in a vacuum in the dictionary, means set aside. So the halakhic phenomenon of mukta is things that are set aside for non-use on Shabbos or Yom Tov. Um, but there's also 
a place called a noun called a mukta, that's our Mishnah here, that is a place where you set things aside for storage. So probably best translated, if you ask me, my best translation would be like a backyard or like a store, something analogous to a storage shed. Behind their house, they had an area that would, things were put for like long-term storage, like a, like a self-storage kind of thing. We don't go to it very often at all. It's the out of sight, out of mind place. Um, but it's there for, for, you know, for long-term storage. That's your muktza behind the house. So here we're saying eitzim, construction lumber, which is muktza machs chesron kiss, that's sitting in the muktza, that's sitting in the storage, you know, area behind your house that you could not use for making a fire in Yamtaf because it's muktza even contrary to Shimon because of muktza machs chesron kiss.